pastored there for a number of years. He's been so highly involved. And now he's working here with the Effort of Congregation. And we're excited to have him here this week to share with us. So let's pray for Mickey. Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have to hear from you through different vessels. Lord, you use all kinds of vessels. And I am thankful because, Lord, you even use me as a cracked pot. And you just use me. And you use everyone that's willing to turn themselves to you. And so, Father, I, <clears throat> I ask, Lord, that you would bless Mickey as he shares this, this morning. Use him, Father. Thank you for his life and for his ministry and the things that you want to share with us today through him and through the, the study that we're going to look at this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, Mickey. Hola. <laughs> Let's see how your Spanish level is. ¿Cómo están? ¿Cómo? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, what, what Bishop Brown was saying is truth. So I went to Fuente de Vida in 1991 at the end, beginning of 92. I had the opportunity to do my DTS on Santiago, YWAM, and I met some friends and, and Jenny too, <laughs> of course. And when he told me that her church name was Fuente de Vida, was different because my background is Pentecostal. So all names come from Bible, but Fuente de Vida was different, totally different. So I, I had the opportunity to share in our church a couple of weeks ago, and I, I explained that one of my friends said, Mickey, you are a Pentecostal. Say, yes, but now you are in the midst of Mennonite. <laughs> so you are a Mennonite or Pentecostal? And I say, okay, let's mix, and we don't have any problem. What about Menocostal? And we agree with that. Sounds good. Sounds very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here. Thanks for the invitation. And I'm, I'm speaking about what I'm here in the States. We came here with my family in August 2019 to take a big challenge. Big challenge to study at Evangelical Seminary in a language that is not mine. I, I could speak... I could understand, but academic language is totally different, and I just did it. And let me tell the truth to you. So two weeks before to came, I almost quit. I told my wife, I don't know if I can do it. And she said, you can do it. And I said, yeah, but you will not be studying there. I will be studying. And my kids support me and my family, and they say, Mickey, you can do it. And yes, I, I came here. Let me explain you a little bit of the first class was history of Christianity. By the way, I have five classes the first semester. So each semester was three regular, but I got five. And the professor, Dr. Dropper, he came at front, and I thought he was going to do an introduction, whatever. No, he just started speaking, speaking about history from year zero to when he was speaking about the 70, 
A.D., I don't know what he was talking about. And I asked myself, what am I doing here? I didn't understand anything. 30 minutes. So later I speak to God and say, give me please the understanding. And yes, I, I start understanding what he was talking about. It was good. Good experience. Um, Professor Valentino that he was speaking here yesterday was my professor on the third semester of preaching. Dr. Buck Walter, some of you know him, Dr. Palmer and many others, they support me a lot. So they were a lot of help. They helped me a lot. So they understand how I did. So I cannot do directly to the English now, so I, I, even now, so I do many things, but I need to study and some paragraphs are in Spanish and I try to translate because it's the way. So one of my friends, he's in New Zealand, he said, it took you seven years to be fluid in the second language. Seven years. Chuck could say that, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. We never uh, end to ending learning. Okay. God is good. All the time. God is good. For those who know me, uh, I like to speak about 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 about the gift of the Spirit. And we have some situation here. You can see the... Well, I can move. You can see the PowerPoint. Okay, good. Yeah. So, but now when, when Bishop Brown told me, you can talk whatever you want. And I say, I would like to talk about faith, hope, and love. And try to understand what it is. So, last Wednesday... I was thinking, why, why I take this and I, why I didn't take something that I have ready? <laughs> it's long, a couple of weeks preparing all of this from scratch. And yeah, God is good all the time. Yes. And 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 13, and this is something that you need to help me. So my pronunciation is still working. I'm still working on it. So if you don't understand something, we don't have the subtitles here, Tony? No? Not yet? Not yet. Okay. No subtitles. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. If somebody can uh, read it for me. So, I think that we have a slide too with, with the, yeah. Somebody could read it. We have an extra microphone here or... Again, please. And now remain faith, hope, and love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. Excellent. Your English is perfect, Rick. <laughs> You're, it's keep, keep working on it. Okay. Great. So, let's talk about context a little bit. So in the days of the Apostle Paul, Corinth was the capital of the province of Achaia. How do you say Achaia? Yeah? And the seat of the Roman proconsul. So Acts chapter 18, verse 12. It is moral state was notorious for its, how do you say that word, licentiousness? Licentiousness. Even in the degenerate Gentile world, so they, they say Corinthianizing. Okay, this is a 
proverbial expression synonymous with practicing the sin of lust. I say good? So, if you understand, if we understand Paul, the apostle, we recognize him. Now, who is Paul? But at that time, many people, they try not to say that he was from God because he was not part of the twelve. They tried to put him in another side. So we need to understand what was living too. So for this reason, the purity of the Christian church at Corinth was endangered. This church was founded by Paul on his first visit, according to Acts chapter 18, verse 1 to 17. The apostle Paul had been instrumental in the conversion of many Gentiles. Yes? According to Acts chapter 12, verse 2, and some Jewish, according to Acts uh, chapter 18. So we say that Paul was an instrumental to conversion to many Gentiles, his focus. Let's understand also about the, the time. Was the time of the Romans, Roman Empire? Roman Empire in the time of Jesus Christ was very aggressive. Corrupt, complicated. So, somebody know about history here? Yeah, so Roman Empire came around 26 or 25 before Christ and finished around 400 years around. Yeah, somebody here? Is history? No? Not, not a date. Yeah. It was a lot. Complicated. Romans were complicated. In the time of Jesus Christ, it was not really good for the Christians. So, the Apostle Paul had been instrumental in the conversion of many Gentiles and some Jews. This is what we said. The converts were mainly of the humble classes. Yeah? Crispus, say Crispus. In Acts chapter 1 and chapter 18, Erastus and Gaius were, however, men of rank. That's exception. But all the people were humble people. All right? For we understand the context. So the danger of being contaminated by contact with the social corruption of the milieu in which they live and the temptation to accept Greek philosophy and rhetoric so we have the Greek for one side that they were very wise, wisdom, and for the other side we have Christianity and Romans. So Paul is trying to speak just the gospel of Christ. So we need to understand all this content, context. Now, for us it's easy even to understand who is Jesus Christ. But in the time of Jesus Christ, people, they don't know really who Jesus was. Amen? Amen. We are here, yes? Look your neighbor and say, you're here? <laughs> you're here? Yeah, please, see. Thinking in all of this, it's interesting. Because the danger, we say, of being contaminated by contact with the social corruption of the milieu in which they live and the temptation to accept Greek philosophy and their rhetoric. 
So now we have problem with the social media. Why we need to talk all about this? Because our next generations, we know who Jesus Christ is. We are very clear who Jesus Christ is. Paul was very clear, but he was thinking in the new generations, in the new people. What wrong if something came to contaminate them? Even the agnosticism was very strong in that time, uh, in the year 100 and 200, um, how do you say, A.D.? Was one guy, Martian, was trying to put the agnosticism very strong, tried to put into the church. But God left other people, other early church fathers, to help the church to guide Jesus Christ. You comprehend what I'm saying? See? Ben, I'm not so fast as you. I will, I will lie to be like you. Speaking blah, blah, blah. Okay, I can't. All right. So if we see now media, Instagram, Facebook, it's a contaminator for our people, yes? It's complicated for kids. What are you thinking, Steph, Tony, about your kids next days? We are concerned. Sharon, we are concerned about the future of our kids, but what we can give them as inheritance, what we can give them, question, what we can let them, as in, how do you say, inheritance, what, what do you think? Help me, it's a question for you. The gospel. Maybe some of you have some properties. I don't have none. But always I told my wife, the only thing that we can give to our kids for now is the gospel. This is Paul was thinking. Let the new generation, the gospel. All right? How many say amen? You know how to say amen in Spanish? Amen. (laughs) Repeat with me, amen. amen. Yes. So... In contrast uh, with the simple Pauline preaching, preaching and the crucified Christ, as well as the opposition to the apostle himself on the part of certain teachers, will naturally cause him anxiety to the apostle. All this tribulation, all these complications cause him some anxiety. Are you familiar with anxiety? What is the anxiety? Worry, Worry concern. About future, stress. One of my professors, Dr. Palmer, he said, could anxiety be a blessing? And we say, I don't know. (laughs) And he say, I think that it's a blessing because for this, you can keep intimacy with God. Easy. If not, some people are not getting intimacy with God. So we need to be close to God. Okay? So the dangers, are you following here? We have some, yeah. Let me see. See, one more. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Are you? Yeah, yeah I think this. 
Yeah, we're good. So, how to say this word? Emissaries? Emissaries of the Judaizers in Palestine boast of possessing letters of recommendation from Jerusalem, the metropolis of faith. They attack Paul's authority. Some of them declaring themselves to be disciples of Cephas. Huh. The chief apostle and other boasting of belonging to Christ himself. While arrogantly repudiating all sub, how to say, subordinate teaching. Such persons published that they were apostles. So Paul was uh, dealing with all this situation. People are saying you are not the right person to speak about Jesus Christ. But we can see here envies. Definitely. Because who called Paul? Jesus. God called him directly. He was a nice person, a right person. So their opposition of Paul was based on the fact that, they, that he was not one of the twelve, nor an eyewitness of the evangelical facts, and that he did not dare to demand the support of the Christian church to prove his apostleship. Do we talk about it? The family of Chloe, how do you say Chloe? Chloe, a member of the church in Corinth who reported the church quarreling to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11, informed Paul of many other evils, such as contentions, disagreements, and suits against brethren in heathen courts. Okay? On the part of professed Christian, the abuse of their spiritual gift on occasion, a spiritual gift. Did you hear about it? So chapter 12 to 14 speak about a spiritual gift. What is good? Paul was teaching about that. So the church need to have that, a spiritual gift. But they were using that for not good. Not in the good way. They tried to adjust their own thoughts using the spiritual gifts. And we see sometimes in churches, people try to interpret their own spiritual gift, not as the Holy Spirit has. Amen? We say the abuse of their spiritual gift on occasion of ostentation and fanaticism, the interruption of public worship by simultaneous and informal ministrations, and the violation of decorum by women speaking with uncovered heads. It is contrary to the oriental usage. Comprende? See? How is my pronunciation? Good, it's good. Thank you. Yeah. Deus usurping the office of men and even the profanation of the Lord's holy supper by the voracity of and some fornication around in the church was no good. And they were doing no good stuff. And they come Sunday to the church and speaking, trying to prophesy, trying to speak to the church. And so, so Paul said, wait a minute. No. This is not. This is not. Introduction. 
which leads some Christians to conclude that love is more important than faith and hope. Well, this may not seem like a big deal unless, of course, these three attributes, faith, hope, and love, have been designed by God to be mutually reinforcing, made in such a way that diminishing any of the three involves undermining the integrity of all of them. We have an illustration now. Faith, hope, and love. What illustration we have? You like the bread? Oh, in Chile, we love bread. We love el pan. Yeah, Rick, yeah, your Spanish is, is good. Pan, marraqueta, yes, French bread. Good. Illustration. Ba basics elements of bread are? What about if I can make bread without flour? How will it be? I know Mary is a good bakery. Doesn't work. Why? It's essential for the bread. Ah, but people do without water. You can you can eat a bread without water. Ah, they say I can put milk. No, no, nothing. No liquid. No, doesn't work. Yes. How do you say yeast? Yeast? Some people don't use it. Okay, we can put it out. No problema. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you can make it. Doesn't rise. Yes. Good. Salt. Okay, some people don't use salt. But for make bread, making bread. We need essentials. What? Yeah. It makes it good. You like the bread, Tony? With butter? Oh, my God. Ham? Cheese? Rim bologna? <laughs> or Lebanon bologna? What do you want? You like Lebanon bologna, brother? Yeah? Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah, so which leads some Christians, we say, to conclude that love is more important than faith and hope, okay? In this illustration, those who know baking tell us that the basic elements of bread are yeast, water, flour, and salt. If we all agree that bread without salt is tasteless, yes? Somebody here has COVID, had COVID before? We had in our family, yeah. No taste. When I was in this situation, Israel, my son, he was taking care of us. He was our nurse. Jenny and I have it and, and had it in Israel and Mike and Tamara, they don't. And Israel gave me some liquid and I drink. I say, what are you giving to me? He say, apple cider vinegar, that. And I just feel something yeah, here, but no taste. Neither the... No taste. So bread without salt tastes, how to say? Tasteless. Yeah? And therefore, conclude that salt is the most important on the four, 
then we will have problems with the bread we make because we will neglect flour, yeast, and water. Likewise, love that is not balanced by faith and hope undermines the very definition of biblical love. So they all need each other. It's important. Bible commentary. And now, abide. Abide. Translate, but now. Now. Yes? This is according the Bible commentary of Henderson. Okay? So, or now does not express time because it is the case that the three gifts that Paul was talking before, prophecy, tongues, and knowledge, cited as examples of the whole class of gifts, shall cease in verse 8. There remain permanently only these three, faith, hope, and charity. These remain. In a sense, faith and hope will cease to be. Romans 8, 24. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. If you are taking note, you, you want to take note. But love will never cease to be. But in another sense, faith and hope as well as charity remain. Namely, after the extraordinary gifts are done away. You comprende? See? There? See. Gracias. See the use of the term abide in chapter 3, 14, 1 Corinthians. Or love has an intimate relationship to the Holy Spirit. Relationship to the Holy Spirit, which is the bond of loving union between brethren. How do you say brethren? See your neighbor. Tell him or her, brethren. The other side, brethren. You can tell me, yeah? Brethren, you too. Okay. Brethren. So uh, talking about languages is hard. So you need to understand that in Spanish, Chuck and, 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 and Mary and Jesenia, they know that TH sound doesn't exist for us. Like raton for you. Or Javier. Do you know what it means, raton? Rat. R, strong R. It's, it's hard for you, yeah? You are good now, Chuck. But TH doesn't sound in Spanish. So I, I was a couple of, or maybe three weeks ago with Tina and Mel Horse, we went to the beach. And Mel was around 30 minutes trying to teach me how to pronounce thousand. <laughs> T-H. So this is why. And he said, thou. And outside was the sand. Sand. He said, thou sand. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, thou sand. <laughs> Even I'm not pronouncing in the right way now. But helps me to understand the thou in the sand. Thou thin. Yeah. Something like that. 
Okay. In a sense, faith and hope, we said, will cease to be. Romans 8, 24, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. But love will never cease to be. Verse 8. But in another sense, faith and hope as well as charity remain, namely after the extraordinary gifts are done away. Away or away? For those three gifts are necessary and sufficient at all times for salvation. Important. While the extraordinary ones never are in any way. Comprende? Say amen. We say, see the use of term abide in chapter 3, 14, charity or love as an intimate relationship to the Holy Spirit, which is the bond of loving union between brethren. This is what we say. Number one, we can change the, where there they are headed. Headed said, number one, number one, faith is directed towards God, yes? Repeat with me. Faith. Number two, hope. Number three. Make sense? See. Look your neighbor again and tell him, make sense. It's a participation. Okay, good. But the unbeliever possesses to a greater or a lesser degree what is most opposed to this gift. What do you think that unbeliever possess? Unbelief. Despair. Hatred. Even in the hereafter, faith in the sense of trust in God remains. Amen? Also, hope in relationship to ever new, unforeseen joys and in anticipation of ever increasing beatitude remains certain that it will never be disappointed. But love alone abides in every sense. It is therefore the greatest of the three, as also because it presuppose, how do you say presuppose? Presuppone? Precipus? Precipus? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for your... Pre yeah. Yeah. Precede what? What do you think? Faith. Which, without love, and it is consequent, works, is dead. Galatians 5, verse 6. James 2, 17. But, etc. But rather, and inasmuch as there is not so strong an opposition between love and the other to gift, faith and hope, for they also abide. Are you okay with that? How many say amen? I like the Spanish of you. Amen. Amen. Let's talk about faith. This is just the introduction. When we consider faith, we need to understand 
in a brief and a general way, we see that the Bible uses the word faith in three ways. Three ways. Number one, as the instrument of our salvation, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Some of you would like to find out this verse, Ephesians chapter 2, and I have a microphone here. Hola, hola. Si, si, uno, dos, tres. We have this microphone, the hand. Hola, hola. Who would like to read this, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8? Hola, hola, hola. Is it working? Chuck, I'm going to give you the microphone. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is a gift for, Amen. yes, hallelujah. This is God. a God's word. We have faith, yes or not? When the Bible speaks about faith, it's speaking in three ways. The first way is instrument of our salvation. We didn't know about Jesus, but when we receive God's word of Jesus, this is one kind of faith, first level of faith. All right? Second one, Matthew 16, verse 8. Who can read it? Ben, Ben, wait for the microphone. Thank you, Chuck. Matthew 16, 8. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye have brought no bread. In this sense, we say the first level or the first way of faith is salvation. When we say, yes, Jesus, come to me. All right? Second one, when I have times to speak with him, when I let him work in me, it's the second one. So if you tell someone, an unbeliever, I'm speaking with God, what did they say? You are crazy. Estás loco. Loco de la cabeza. Crazy. This is the second level of faith. The faith that we can communicate with God. Third one, as orthodox doctrine, this is about Jude 3, the context of how Paul used faith in 1 Corinthians 13 and the rest of the book strongly support an understanding of faith in this passage as a spirit-given trust in the person and work of God, especially as revealed in Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. This is... It's the part important of our doctrine of what we believe, the orthodoxy. But also, some scholars, they said that this part is important in the way of gift of faith. When Paul is speaking in chapter 12, the gift of faith. This is going to be the third level. So what does this mean? So the first one... It's for salvation. Okay, I received Jesus. He came to me and I say, come to me, Jesus. The second one is have time to him to communicate with him. And the third one is orthodoxy, doctrinal, and the gift 
of faith, the faith that I can move the mountains. So pray for people because I know what I know and I believe what I believe. I have the capacity to say to this mountain, move. This is the third way how the Bible speaks about faith. Comprende? So, biblical faith as used in this chapter balance love by defining the object of the Christian's love, the glory or the God of glory. The God of glory. Amen? How many say amen? amen. Do you know how to say hallelujah in Espanol? Hallelujah. <laughs> Could you say with me hallelujah? Hallelujah. When love is prior, how do you say that? Prioritized. Prioritized, yeah. That, that's what Chuck said. <laughs> Over faith, or faith is excluded, love loses its object. They support each other. They are linked. They need to work. They must work together. So, the blessed of God. This is important. Let's see hope. What is hope? Hope is the perseverance of faith. Seeking something. We have faith. So hope is the perseverance of faith. The firm expectation that the God who can be trusted will fulfill all that he has promised. What he promised to us. Eternal life. Tell your neighbor, eternal life. Eliana, see? She's sleeping. Mickey's making sleep her. <laughs> So now, imagine a love without hope. If our love for God does not have the expectation that all things will be for His glory in our good, according Romans chapter 8, verse 28, then that love becomes, how do you say that word, fickle? F-I-C-K? Fickle? Fickle, yeah, that one. This will be? How do you say? Fickle? And momentary. A mere subjective emotion. Detached from all commitment and covenant. Becoming superficial good wishes and general niceness. So, hope need faith and love. Hope need each other. Now, if we read 1 Corinthians, open your Bibles in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, and see what do you see over there. In such a way that we give greater importance to love than to faith and hope, biblical love itself is lost. In terms of duration, the greatest of this is 
love. On the timeline, you said, or where we are? Love. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Could you, sorry, I missed something here, yeah. Love. Somebody can read this definition? Paul was thinking in that. How we need to, how do you say trade? Treat to each other. We see, somebody say four or maybe more kind of loves, but these three we want to keep, okay? Agape, how do you say? Phyllis and Eros. Yes? And God is good all the time. So, yeah, next one. I don't want to define everything now because we want to talk more in the week. I need to have something to say other days. (laughs) 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 Okay, on the timeline. In terms of importance, faith, hope, and love are equal. I just put one, two, three. But at the end, say are equal. Like the bread. For making a, how do you say, dough? What we need, we say before? Flour. Flour. What else? Yeast. Water. And salt. Without salt, the bread is tasteless. Without love, the faith and hope are tasteless. Without hope, all these, the two others will not good. They need each other. I really like the, how to say, the slogan of the, or the theme of our camp meeting. Revive and face it. What else? Restoring hope and redeeming love. Important. Important. I'm finishing now, soon. What time is the food over there? 12. Let us try to consider faith. Hope and love in a timeline from the present moment as Christians to the culmination of all things until the return of Jesus. In terms of importance, we said faith, hope, and love are equal. In terms of duration, the greatest of these is love. Question for you. Will love continue in heaven? This is a question. What do you think? Will love continue... In heaven, who has the microphone here? Who wants to, to answer? My, you want to answer? No? <laughs> Will love continue in heaven? 
Yes, you say yes. One of my professors said, I like this question, he said. Are you in agreement with me or you disagree? What do you think? Yeah. Mary, you, you say yes? Rick? Greater than we have experienced here. Okay? That way, what do you think? Step, move the head, and I, yeah. And the eyes, I like that. Yes. Love will continue and grow stronger and stronger in heaven as Christians fully and eternally love their great God. Growing. Tony, we can. Faith and hope will be necessary in heaven. Who say no? Why you say no? I would like if you can have the microphone. Could you give it to her, please? Thank you. Yeah, it's a discussion. I like it. You're already there, so you don't need the faith and hope. We will not need faith and hope in heaven? No. You say no, why? There. Could you explain me or explain us? Well, if we're in heaven, you don't need faith and hope because your, your faith and hope has, and your salvation has gotten you there. Okay. But you will continue to love. Yeah. Other, what do you think? Don't tell me I, I agree with her. Don't tell me that. Uh, somebody can bring me the, grab the, the microphone for me, please. Uh, yeah, Rod or, thank you, Ben is ready. Thank you. Yeah, I, I like this discussion. I like this. Yeah. The, the Bible even teaches that uh, that. You don't need faith when you have sight. When you can see it, you don't need to have faith or hope for it. So yes. that's a biblical principle. Too. Yeah, good. Good. One other? Ben, what do you think? I'll let the other one. Okay, good. <laughs> like it. Anybody else want to say anything? No? In short, faith and hope will not be necessary in heaven. If faith is a present trust in God and His works, often contrary to what we might currently conclude in this fallen world without faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Then we will no longer need faith in heaven because in the end... We will see God clearly as He is. Likewise, we will no longer need hope because we will be in full possession of what we hope for. Amen. How many in agreement with me? Hallelujah. Amen. Close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this time.
we need to understand faith, hope, and love. They need each other. As Paul said, I could understand all secrets, all mysteries. But if I don't have love, I could be nothing. This is why we need these virtues. As we need each other here in the church. When I see my brother, I can see hope. When I can see my sister, I can see faith. And when I see the children, I can see the love. When we, each other, are looking around, and when we see these virtues, this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom come. This is what means the kingdom of God. That we need each other. As the flower needs water and yeast and salt to make a nice dough for be finished. As a nice bread. And this is the same. When I go to the market, Lord, we go to the market. <laughs> this is a spiritual too, yes. We choose the best potatoes. We bring in a home. We put the water, we clean it up. We boil together. And we smash it to make mashed potatoes. Which one is big? Which one is the best? All together make a nice mashed potatoes. Here we are. We don't want to be like these people, these teachers that they believed that they knew everything, that for them were more important men than Jesus Christ. Have mercy on us, Lord. We want to be equal. We are equal before you, Lord. And as I said, as these old potatoes... Work together for make a good mashed potatoes. And we empowered the other. And this is how you want our church. Empowering each other for the kingdom of God. And we say the kingdom of God is at hand. We want to take it and want to say, Lord, we need you. We want to restore, reviving. Your love. Thank you, Jesus. When we can open our eyes, we can see each other equal before you. Not elite here. I never see this here in this church. And thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I see people 
with humble humility trying to lead us for good. And we ask your presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit daily here. We need it. We need gifts. Yes, we need. And I speak about gift. I like to speak about that. But I need love to love my brothers and see them equal because we all are made under your image. As we say before, imago Dei, image of God. Let us see each other in your vision, in your sight. Give us a spiritual sight to grow together for the Great Commission. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for this time. Amen. the hill at noon so make your way up there to get ready for uh for the meal and uh i don't know if they'll pray up there or let's pray a, pr a prayer blessing on the meal and if they repeat it that's blessed twice better blessed twice than not at all right father thank you for this meal we're about to receive thank you for all that are laboring to prepare it and to serve it and lord even help us to understand the illustration that Mickey was sharing this morning of, of how these ingredients need to come together. Lord, we're going to enjoy different foods and different things, and yet they're all going to make that meal. And so bless that meal to our bodies, that it might give us strength, and bless our fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen.